This is Paul Adamson, and I'm in conversation with Robert Madlin. Robert Madlin is a Senior Advisor of Innovation at the European Commission, reporting to the European Political Strategy Centre, a kind of internal think tank. And before that, he ran the Commission Department responsible for digital policy and telecommunications. Robert, we're here to talk about innovation, obviously. Uh, it's the kind of concept that maybe people think they all agree what it means, but have maybe different definitions of what it is actually. What is your definition of innovation? So I think that's a good question. Indeed, it's the first question that we're asking ourselves internally. Do we have the same vision on what it is? Innovation is bringing new things into the real world of use. So it's different from just inventing in a laboratory. People have to pick it up and use it. And that can affect not just technological change, cars and planes and rockets, but also the way an organisation uh, sets itself up, the way society operates. So innovation doesn't have to be technological, but it does have to be in the real world, in the market, in society. So what does this new job uh, entail? Senior Advisor of Innovation is obviously a brand new position, so tell us what it actually entails. So uh, an advisor gives advice, <coughs> yes. and for the historians among us, Francis Bacon was writing even in the 17th century about how difficult it is to get your advice right in the sense that you mustn't say what the person seeking advice wants you to say, but equally you must package what you want to say in a way that helps uh, individuals take new decisions. So my job dealing with innovation in the European Commission is to help the President and his College of Commissioners to decide whether or not we should do more, less, different or the same on innovation in the remainder of their political mandate, which as of now is into its second year of five. So, and so what have you been tasked to do as part of this job? So what I've been tasked to do is firstly to look around and help to break silos. So if there are people innovating in pockets in the Commission and they could gain by talking to each other, I tactfully put them in contact. And that's a, that's a real-time job all the time. And the second big deliverable is next summer to make a, a report summarising ideas about what might the innovation activity of the European Union look like in 2016, 17, 18, 19. We talk about making connections inside the, the building, but will you also try and be trying to make connections outside the building and within, within the institutions? So the European Commission is open by design since 2001, when we put out a governance vision, which we've always lived up to since then, and the vision says we are participative in the way we do things. So that means, yeah, you can't do anything in a black box labelled the European Commission. So clearly people want to come and see me uh, I say yes. People want me to go and listen to them. I say yes. People say, come and tell us what you're thinking. I say maybe, because obviously um, the, the, the creation of a political line requires sometimes a, a veil of secrecy between advisors and the political decision makers. Could this report you're going to produce uh, by the summer next year be instrumental in creating some kind of innovation union? Or is, there, that, is that union already in existence, well, I know? So an innovation union, this was the title of a, a strategy paper uh, before the beginning of the Juncker Commission, it means making the European Union innovative. The European Innovation Union paper had a series of things to do, some of which are done, some of which are still underway. Uh, will my paper, my ideas be instrumental? I hope they will be helpful, 
But I think the good news is, in 2015, this is a great job to have because lots of other people are trying to help. So the, the, the coming presidency of the council, the Netherlands presidency, very focused on innovation. The current presidency of the council, very focused on innovation in Luxembourg in areas such as fintech or edtech, as we say, educational modernization. So I think there's help out there in the political sphere and from member states. We have very innovative leaders elsewhere, uh, Mr. Makulu in the Committee of Regions. Different companies are thinking a lot about innovation, both as companies but also as, as groups in the European Roundtable of Industrialists mm. and so on. So I think that the, the, the job I've been given is to, to try to capture all these signals and see what the Commission can do best on top, but it's not like a, a sort of lone hero fighting a dragon. Right. So, so what would be the, the EU's role, or even the Commission's role, broadly speaking? Is it to provide a regulatory framework? Is it to provide funding? Is it to act as a kind of convener, a convener and a place where people can exchange best practice? What is the role? So I think all of the above. Um, the role will depend on what needs to be done, and that depends on getting the problem definition right. And so I would say that in some areas, the European Commission and the European Union is a funder, a public funder of research innovation, a public funder of mixed public-private capital available for innovative SMEs, and so on. So in that area, the question is, should Europe do more in the financial or fiscal area? As a regulator, everything a regulator does affects the market for new products. Data regulation, environmental regulation, uh, everything. So, so how do we innovate in the way we make rules as well? We talk about the Internet of Things, but I think we need an Internet of Rules. So that's, a, that's the second area. But the most important, I think, and the, probably the most important thing Europe creates is not the law, but the space. So Europe is a space where people come together and innovate that might not have come together before. If you go back far enough, Erasmus and Thomas More, they found ways to cooperate across frontiers. Europe's speciality is making those opportunities uh, more frequent for more people. Well, I have to ask you, because the first time I've heard that phrase, what does, what does the Internet of Rules mean? So uh, regulatory innovation can mean a variety of things. It it can, for example, mean that regulators talk to innovators a lot before they make the rules. In, um, in Canary Wharf in London, this is the best example I've heard of recently, they've created an incubator for fintech startups next to the building housing the Financial Conduct Authority so that these two sets of people talk to each other and the fintech ideas will be compliant by design and ready for the market. So just talking, that's, that's an innovation because regulators often make rules over there in that corner while innovators are in another corner. Uh, a second example is uh, in, what you call it, in energy efficiency labelling. We made a change last year to enable people making white goods to comply with the energy labelling requirements by putting the energy labelling on the internet where people are actually searching and comparing products rather than putting it on the product which they don't see till they've made the decision. So being internet ready in the way we make rules. And maybe a third example is allowing the machine to be the answer to the regulatory problem. So for example, if you have a, 
as we do in Europe today, a large number of unlicensed mobile phones circulating, being sold in Europe, for whom, for, for whom the, the owners of the intellectual property have not received a royalty, you could have the, the chip on the phone telling the regulators or telling the owners of the intellectual property, hello, I'm here, so that the owners of the property more easily know what their license rights are. So these are just three examples. Everything is changing. Rule-making has to change as well. Okay. I keep hearing, for example, in the area of Internet of Things, that it's one area where Europe could uh, take a lead, at least. Um, fundamentally, behind innovation, is there a good news story for, for, for Europe? Is there, are there growth and jobs uh, behind innovation in Europe? So the world changes every second, and therefore innovation is happening. Innovation is not something we can choose to have or not have, and the more of it we have, the better. The good news there is, A, we have um, a creative population. We need to go on educating them to be creative. Europe is strong at this, but not in every school, not in every country. B, we have good universities, and we must make sure that the best ones become mega brands, so that we have more mega brands in the top 30 than we do at present. Thirdly, we need to incentivize investors. We have less venture capital in Europe than in Israel or the US, and China is catching up. A large part of the reason, as Lord Hill um, said in the Capital Markets Union paper, could be that we tax in the wrong way the investments and the startups. So that's something to be studied. So the good news is we... If we want in innovation, if we don't want to become a museum, we have all the skills. We have to slightly redesign some of the things we do to be able to use the skills to good effect. Okay. Uh, one final question. You're being um, cautious or just modest about what kind of reaction you might get to your report when it's produced for the summer of next year. But in terms of political buy-in at the member state level, do you think that this, in broad terms, is an area where the member states of the EU do recognise they have to work more in concert, or do you find there's a lack of, lack of awareness, resistance, or the desire to do things still at the national level? I think innovation, firstly, as a goal, is absolutely shared. The Innovation Union vision was very quickly bought by the then European Parliament and by the Member States. The, the vision of delivering a better Europe through new uh, departures is shared. What I think is difficult for all political leaders in a time of recurrent crisis is to make the difficult changes that that vision implies re-engineering the way faculty in every university is recruited and remunerated is a big ask because universities are big independent entities. So that's not something that can be legislated by Europe, but it's a common challenge for European leaders. And of course, we also have migration and the economy and so on. So I think it's the, the problem is not a lack of vision at all, it's not a disagreement, and it's not about subsidiarity. It's mm. about the will to act. Okay. Thank you, Robert Madeline, for your time. Thank you. Thank you.